You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. One of my New Year's resolutions is to get outside for more walks, even in the cold winter. Luckily for me, though unluckily for skiing enthusiasts, we haven't had much snow in our mountain town yet this year, and that makes my walks feel even more possible. I'm currently eyeing Vionic's Walk Strider sneaker in white cream. They're stylish enough to go with jeans or athletic wear, but keep my feet comfortable and supported, which is my number one requirement in a shoe. Vionic has the best curated styles to get you ready for any season, comfortable styles to take you from day to night, rich leathers and suede for your workwear favorites, and performance sneakers for on the go. I love and rely on my Brighton boots for church, date nights, and meetups with friends, and now I'm needing a more casual, everyday sneaker, and Vionic has lots of great options. They even offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. Use code 3in30 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. One-time use only, Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friends. I'm coming to you with a quick bonus episode today to wrap up our series we've had the past few weeks featuring the work of two times New York Times bestselling author Greg McEwen. I have loved his work since his first book, Essentialism, came out in 2014. And I hope you caught my episode on January 1st about my biggest takeaways from that book. Then a few days ago, I was thrilled to air an interview with him all about his second book, Effortless, and how we can lighten the mental and emotional load of all of the difficult things in our lives, including parenting, by changing the way that we think about it all. In Greg's words, when you simply can't try any harder, it's time to find a different path. And in both of his books, he teaches us how to focus on the essentials of our lives and work to make them feel as effortless as possible. I hope you'll go back and listen to those back-to-back episodes, but I didn't want to end this series without sharing what is perhaps my favorite story from Greg's books, because I felt so personally called out by it. (laughs) In a good way. I have thought about it often in the year since I originally read this story, and so I wanted to read it to you today on the podcast so that you know this story as well. Before we get into story time, I also want to remind you that my Declutter Your Motherhood audio course is discounted right now through January 18th. I'm passionate about helping overwhelmed mothers to simplify their mom life so that they have room for more joy. And this course is designed for busy moms, with all of the lessons delivered on a private podcast feed, so you can listen on the go, around the house, or even just during 15 minutes of precious alone time while you're getting ready for the day in the morning. The course also includes a 25-page workbook to prompt deeper thinking and reflection, so you can actually apply what you've learned after you listen and you'll receive a buy one, give one buddy pass when you purchase the course so you can gift it to a friend or invite them to do it with you. This course will help you to do the work of essentialism that Greg McEwen talks about, 
So go to 3in30podcast.com slash declutter to learn more. Okay, now it's story time. Let me read you this fascinating story from Greg's second book, Effortless. It comes from a chapter called Define What Done Looks Like, and I'm going to read it word for word directly from the book. So here goes. 400 years ago, Gustav II, the king of Sweden, saw the vital need to upgrade his armada of ships. He wanted to protect his people from the growing naval powers that surrounded them. His attention was drawn to building a giant military warship. He found a shipbuilder, Heinrich Hybertsen, and tasked him to build what became known as the Vasa. This project was of utmost importance to King Gustav, so much so that he allocated a forest of 100,000 trees to provide the lumber for the project. He opened the royal coffers too. He assured Hybertsen that he would have an almost unlimited budget to complete the project successfully. Unfortunately, the king did not have a clear vision of what the final product would look like. Or rather, he kept changing his vision of what the final product would look like. At first, the ship was to be 108 feet long with 32 cannons on deck. Later, the length was changed to 120 feet, even though the lumber had already been cut to the original specifications. But no sooner had Heinrich's team made the necessary adjustments than the target shifted again. This time, the king decided that the ship needed to be 135 feet long. The cannon requirements changed as well. Instead of 32 cannons in a single row, he asked for 36 cannons in two rows, plus another 12 small cannons, 48 mortars, and 10 other smaller caliber weapons. Tremendous effort was exerted by some 400 people to make this happen. But even as they approached completion, the king changed his mind again, asking for 64 large cannons instead. The stress of the news is said to have given Heinrich a fatal heart attack. Still, the endless project continued, this time under Heinrich's assistant, Hein Jacobsen. Budgets continued to escalate, the effort continued to expand, and the king continued changing the end goal. In an utterly non-essential addition for a gunship, he even asked for some 700 ornate sculptures, which would take a team of expert sculptors more than two years to complete, to be attached to the sides, the bulwark, and the transom of the ship. And so it was that on August 10th, 1628, the Vasa left the Stockholm port for its maiden voyage, still unfinished, and before it had been properly tested to ensure it could survive the conditions of the high seas. Meanwhile, the king had found time to plan a celebration to commemorate the expedition. There were fireworks, there were foreign diplomats, there was pageantry. As the ship sailed away, the gun ports were open and the guns were pointing out so that they could fire a salute to the dignitaries on shore. Then suddenly, a gust of wind caught the sails of the ship, causing the massive vessel to tilt severely over to one side. As the cannons tipped into the sea, water entered through the gun ports. Despite a strenuous, all-out effort on the part of the crew, water almost instantly flooded onto the gun deck and into the hold, further destabilizing the ship. Tragically, it took just 50 minutes for the Vasa to completely sink, taking 53 crew members with it. They died less than three quarters of a mile from the shore. And so, the most expensive naval project in Sweden's history sailed less than a mile before being buried in the sea, all because the king had made the project almost impossible to safely complete by constantly redefining what done looked like. If you want to make something hard, indeed truly impossible, to complete, all you have to do is make the end goal as vague as possible. 
That's because you cannot, by definition, complete a project without a clearly defined endpoint. You can spin your wheels working on it, you can tinker with it, you can and likely will abandon it, but to get an important project done, it's absolutely necessary to define what done looks like. This insight may sound obvious, but if you think of the most essential projects you are working on, how clear is your idea of what completion looks like? End quote. Okay, so did that story have you just shaking your head in amusement and maybe even chuckling a little? Not, of course, the tragedy of the lost lives. That is completely terrible. But just the image of this massive warship with all the statues and the cannons on deck sinking to the bottom of the ocean before it ever even left the harbor, all because the leader in charge of the project kept making things more complicated and fancy. Maybe the reason why I find this image slightly humorous is because I have done this. In fact, I took a photo of those pages from the book and sent them to the 3 and 30 team and asked, how often have I pulled a King Gustav II and made a project we're working on more and more complicated to the point that it is threatening to sink before it even leaves the harbor? I can be a massive perfectionist and a massive overthinker and overcomplicator, And although it's something I'm always working on and honestly have gotten so much better at in recent years, it's something I need to constantly call myself out on, especially as the leader of a team. And I would invite you to do the same. If you tend to be stressed out a lot of the time, consider asking yourself, where am I making things more complicated than they need to be? How can I define a reasonable end goal for this project or this holiday celebration or this family workday? before we get started, so this doesn't end in disaster and disappointment for me or others. Your physical, mental, and emotional health matters, as does the physical, mental, and emotional health of the people around you. So I hope this story of the warship Vasa and King Gustav II will stay with you and remind you to simplify, clarify an end goal, and let good enough be good enough on the projects you undertake in your personal life and your home life. And if your motherhood is feeling heavy, complicated, and stuffed to bursting, I hope you'll sign up for my Declutter Your Motherhood course, where I can walk you through some of the steps I've taken after nearly a decade of therapy to inventory my overwhelm, edit my expectations of myself, and make room for more joy in my day-to-day life as a mother. You can find more info about that course at 3in30podcast.com declutter, and it will be discounted through Thursday, January 18th. As always, my friends, I am rooting for you. We will figure out how to build streamlined ships and family lives together. We are already well on our way. And I hope this bonus episode was eye-opening for you and gave you an impactful image to think about as you embark on projects at work, church, and home in 2024. We don't have to make everything so complicated. I'm telling that to myself more than anyone. And let's all have a beautiful week with our families. (laughs) 